My name is Pastor Peter Gedaka. I serve as a pastor at Higher Ground Praise Chapel. We meet in Kiku Township Primary School. I want to welcome you to this program. In this program, we do a Bible study. Or do, we, do I say we study the Bible in depth? And when I say in depth, I mean that our mode of Bible study is where we pick a verse, we pick a book, and we pick a chapter, and we go verse after verse. And in each verse, we delve deep to mine the knowledge and the revelation therein. That's our mode of Bible study. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to say that I'm grateful that you found time. Indeed, if this is your first time, I will want you to follow up with us, even as we do the book of Colossians. You can make a date each week, and I believe you'll be blessed. Today we start off with the book of Colossians, and I want to lead the first verse of the book of Colossians, chapter 1. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, Paul is saying, and he's, he's actually introducing himself, and he correctly say in this verse who he is, the apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, you find that in nine of Paul's 13 epistles, he designated himself as the apostle. Paul did not choose to be an apostle or confer with other people looking for honor and looking for position to be called an apostle. He saw and received his commission to be an apostle from the risen Christ and showed the signs of an apostle by miraculous power. We are living at an age and time where positions are very, very coveted and especially what quote-unquote one would call glamorous positions. So therefore, Paul is very quick to let us know how he got this position. He didn't go for a campaign. He says, Christ called me. And he's been able by God's grace to show that indeed it's by God's grace laying hands and bringing through miracles by the heart of the Lord. Timothy is first mentioned in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, that is Acts 16, verse 1. And this is where he was described as a disciple whose mother was a Jew or Jewish believer and his father was a Greek. Paul first met Timothy on his second mission journey, Acts 20, 20 verse 22. And that led to a special board that lasted throughout Paul's ministry. Now, Paul referred to Timothy more often than one in different description. Like, he would call Timothy my son, my own son in faith. You see that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. He would call him my work pharaoh, Romans 16, verse 21. He would also call him one of the servants of Jesus Christ. You see that in Philippians chapter 1 verse 1. He has also called him 
our brother. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 1. And one more dear title he gives him is my dear beloved son. That is Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. So although Paul was in prison, you find that Timothy was still with him. Paul's feeling for Timothy are best expressed in Philippians chapter 2 verse 20 to 22 when Paul said, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your estate, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he hath served or he has served with me in the gospel. He is talking of Timothy. And that is the introduction of the book of Colossians as Paul introduces himself and introduces Timothy. Let's look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have, you have to all the saints. I want you to notice, my dear reasoner, that Paul heard of the Colossians' faith. He heard that is Colossians chapter 1 verse 7. It reveals that it was Epaphras who gave Paul this report. Paul did not preach the gospel to the people in Colossae as a person. This body of believers in Colossae was a byproduct of his ministry in Ephesus. Either people from Colossae came to Ephesus which was the main city of that religion, and heard the gospel and took it back to Colossae. It's also possible that some of the Ephesians who received the gospel took it to Colossae. Now, because of the mention of Epaphras in Colossians chapter 1 verse 7 as a faithful minister of Christ to the Colossians, it has been supposed that Epaphras was the vessel God used to preach the gospel in Colossae. That is Colossians chapter 4 verse 12, which says that Epaphras was from Colossae. One of the visible fruits of faith in love, Paul stated, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision by faith which worketh by love. Galatians 5, 6. Christ's love not only brings people to himself, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, but it also it is the force that leashes out to others. Bonus, if you will. Let's look at verse 6. That is chapter 1, verse 6. If you are joining us, we are studying the book of Colossians. And we are reading verse 6 right now. And this is what it says. Which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit as it does also in you. Since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. The gospel is a universal message for all mankind. It encompasses all ethnic and cultural groups. It is the good news from God that he 
has come to seek and to save those who are lost. The scripture repeatedly conveys this message for all people of all ages in all nations. You lead it in Matthew 24, 14 where it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness into all nations. You lead it in Matthew 28, 19 where it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Mark 13, 10 that says, And the gospel must first published, be published among all nations. And lastly, Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. We can go on and on and on and on. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Again, we see Epaphras. Verse 7 says that he is the fellow servant who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Epaphras is mentioned three times in the New Testament. He's mentioned in this verse we've just read. He's mentioned in Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 and also in Philemon verse 23. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 says, Epaphras was one of you, meaning that Epaphras was a Colossian. Putting this together with this verse, which says Epaphras was for you faithful minister of Christ, it definitely now implies that Epaphras was the one who brought the gospel to Colossae. Let's look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, For this cause, we also since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul had just spoken about how Epaphras expressed the Colossians love for him. Now, here he was saying that he loved them also and expressed that love through praying for them. Two prominent and distinct characteristics found in the lives of the apostles were that they gave themselves continually to prayer and to the preaching and teaching of God's words. Acts 6.4 Before the apostle Paul began his instruction to the Colossian, we are privileged to see into his prayer life. Paul showed us that through prayer, God will impact such things as knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and strength in helping others in their spiritual work, even without the physical presence of an individual. The scripture says that the prophetess Anna served God night and day through prayer. You find that in Luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 37. When used in establishing others in Christ, prayer is an awesome tool that is often overlooked. Trusting 
Faith in God is a vehicle that works on behalf of others. Paul's desire was that the Colossian might be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Knowledge of God's will is foundational in developing Christian conduct and character. The first thing Paul desired for the Colossians was that they be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Only then would they be able to walk worthy of the Lord and be fruitful in every good work. There is no way people can fulfill God's will if they don't know what it is. The starting point for all Christians must be understanding God's will for them. How can people obtain such knowledge? The first step is to desire it. You find that in Jeremiah 29, 13, which says, And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall seek me with all your heart. Not half heart, not quarter heart, not an eighth of a heart. All your heart. People ask the Lord for knowledge of his will, but don't receive because they aren't seeking with all their heart. They are half-half. If it comes, fine. If it doesn't, no worry. No one who has ever sought the Lord with all their heart has ever been disappointed. The second thing we see is that the Holy Spirit is the dispenser of God's wisdom. It is through him that we know the things God has revealed to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 to 12. One of the primary ministries of the Holy Spirit is to reveal God's will to us. John 16 verse 13. There has to be a dependency on the person of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we must study the, the scriptures because they reveal the will of God concerning our actions and attitudes. To be filled with the knowledge of God's will, we must be filled with God's word. There are no two ways about that. God's word is God's will. Those who are ignorant of God's word will be ignorant of God's will. Notice that Paul desired for the Colossians to be filled with spiritual understanding. There is a big difference between carnal understanding and spiritual understanding. All spiritual understanding originates from and conforms to God's word. Any reasoning that violates God's word is not spiritual understanding. It's not spiritual understanding. The words wisdom and understanding, these words are used in combination a total of 53 times in scripture. To utilize our facilities fully, wisdom and understanding have to work together. Wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. These terms can be explained in relation to a computer. For those who've dealt and worked with computers, almost everyone has one. It may be either a computer by a laptop. It could be a computer using your, your phone. The mind is like the hardware of a computer. 
it has the capacity to store all kinds of information but it is useless without software and data the understanding is the data and wisdom is the software that allows us to retrieve combine and put out that information bonus if you let's look at verse 10 and it says that you might walk worthy of the lord and to all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god now being filled with the knowledge of god's will as paul describes in the previous verse results in all the benefits listed in this verse and also those in colossians chapter 1 verse 11 which we we'll go to later there is no way we can walk worthy of the lord praise him and be fruitful if we don't know his will knowing god's will is not a one time experience we increase in the knowledge of his will we increase in the knowledge of his will day by day as we seek him walk with him bonus if you will as we experience these blessings then the results will be as we find in colossians chapter 1 verse 11 we will be strengthened that is through god's power and to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness being filled with the knowledge of god results in a lifestyle that is pleasing unto the lord walk in the scripture the word walk in many times is used figuratively to indicate a pattern of conduct or lifestyle here it also suggests acting in conformity to our union with christ so how could we possibly walk worthy of the lord the answer is that we can't if we try in our own strength in our own understanding our ability we can't walk jesus said without me you can do nothing john chapter 15 verse 5 and with him we can do all things philippians chapter 4 verse 13 the secret to the christian life is living from the strength and the resources of christ himself galatians 2 verse 20 posted that you might walk worthy of the lord and to all pleasing the greek word for pleasing used here is aretekeia and again don't get bothered so much about the greek word but you pick the meaning and pick the understanding and it means desire to please desire to please what pleases the lord now when you go to hebrew 11:6 tells you what pleases the lord but without faith it is impossible to please him who god therefore faith certainly pleases the lord this god pleasing faith is specifically a faith in god's grace and not in our acts of holiness if our faith is in our action then that type of faith is not pleasing to the lord once our faith for justification is in the lord and not in ourselves then there are 
things we can do that are pleasing to the Lord. Colossians 3.20. This Colossians 3.20 says, Children obeying their parents is well pleasing unto the Lord. Doing good and giving our finances is pleasing to the Lord. Hebrew 13.16. Offering prayers, especially for all in authority, pleases the Lord. 1 Timothy 2.2-3. We are looking at walking worthy that pleases the Lord. Hebrew 11.5 states that before Enoch was translated, he pleased the Lord. Therefore, pleasing the Lord is possible and has great reward. We need to find out what pleases the Lord. Buona asifiwe. Buona asifiwe. In this verse, the emphasis is upon every good work bearing fruit. We could say that Paul was praying that the Colossians' lives would produce all kinds of good works through their union with Christ and that their lives would continue to keep growing and producing this fruit. Good works are often spoken of as being the fruit not the loot of our salvation. Find that in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10 and 1 John chapter 3 verse 10. The scriptures describe fruit in a variety of ways. Among them are the following. Fruit in keeping with repentance, Matthew 3, 8. Good and evil fruit, Matthew 7, 17. Fruit into eternal life, John 4, 36. Fruit of abiding in Christ Jesus, John 15, 5. Fruit of discipleship, John 15, 8. Fruit of righteousness, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. And we can't exhaust, but I'll pick one more before we go. And that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. There are quite a number of them. We can't exhaust them. We can, but the time may not allow. So we can say even Jesus had to increase in knowledge. Luke 2.52. That's an awesome truth. Jesus was God in the spirit. But he had physical mind that had to be educated. He had to be taught how to walk, talk, eat, and so forth. At 12 years of age, he was not only teaching the teachers in the temple, but he was also asking them questions. If Jesus had to grow in wisdom, how could any one of us think that we have it all figured out? I'll stop there. I trust God will be able to pick from there. Please make a date with us for the next broadcast. And we'll pick it from here and see what the word of God says from here. God bless you. Make a date with us. Call someone. Let them know about this program. In Jesus' name, thank you so much. Amen.